All right, there you go. The abrupt intro ending. Welcome in. It is the John Cast Podcast. Thank you for tuning into this podcast. A couple of quick notes before we start today's episode. Number one, thank you to Ian's Pizza, a sponsor of the podcast. They have been since the very beginning. I appreciate all the support from Ian's Pizza. I think you should go support Ian's as well with three locations in Madison and three in Milwaukee. They're also in Seattle and they're also in Denver. They've always got different variety slices of pizza. You got classic pizza, but then you got, you know, like some different slices like mac and cheese is, is one of their go-tos. It's a favorite in, in my uh, household. Also this, uh, and this is only going to happen with you, the listener right now, listening to this, taking the next 60 seconds and then the next 10 seconds a day after that. Uh, and I'm talking about the best of Madison. You can nominate the John Cast podcast for the best of Madison. It's very simple. I've got the link on my Facebook page, the John Cast podcast. It's also going to be in this episode's description. You click on the link. You click on arts and entertainment, you scroll to local podcast and you enter J-O-N-C-A-S-T and then you hit space bar and you write podcast and then you enter your email and you hit enter and that's all. And the first time takes about 60 seconds and every day after that, 10 seconds a day. Uh, now through February 28th and literally the only way this podcast will get nominated is if everyone listening goes and does that 10 seconds a day now through February 28th. So there you go. That's the best of Madison. Well, I'm super excited about today's guest. She has dominated the volleyball court for the last several years at Northwestern. And now volleyball fans in Madison and Wisconsin Badger fans are going to be able to watch her perform and watch her just great athletic ability on the court at the field house. Temi Thomas Ilara is the newest Badger. I'd like to welcome her to the podcast today. Temi, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm I'm so good. Uh, I know Badger fans are uh, really excited when they heard the news that you have decided to spend your final season of eligibility with the Wisconsin Badgers. Um, so can you just tell me kind of what led you to, to choose Wisconsin? Yeah, I think... Um, I went on three visits in January. I went to Pitt, Florida, and then last I went to Wisconsin. And I think the girls at Wisconsin were amazing. Um, the team culture they have there is really something special. And I felt like it was something I would really fit into. Um, along with that, they had the masters I was interested in as well as um, access to the hospital, which I'll be able to work in while I'm there. Um, and I just think that um, Kelly and Brittany and Gary are really awesome coaches and they'll help me improve in the parts of the game that I need to improve in, which I think are my serve receive um, and my blocking. Yeah, okay. So I was just going to say, so serve receive is something you want to work on. What else, what other parts of your game do you feel like needs uh, needs a little tweaking? I think my blocking could use some work. I feel like, um, okay. yeah, I feel like I can just get more blocks per set than I do. So yeah. Well, I mean, they were uh, fantastic at the net last season, this this Badgers team. So I think I think yeah. that's going to probably reflect on, on your statistics as well. So Pitt, Florida, Wisconsin. Um, what was it about uh, when you when you visited all those places? Was it just the 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 fact that you could do that, like work in the hospital, like you were talking about? Was that one of the biggest biggest things, or what was it about the other the other teams? I guess. Yeah, it was um, a little bit of everything. They all had a master's I was interested in. They all have like a close connection to the hospitals around them. The hospitals are mm. close to campus. Um, and then they're all really good volleyball programs. So I just felt like those three schools were 
the three I was considering for those main reasons, like a good volleyball program, <laughs> masters I was interested in, as well as access to the hospital that I would be able to work in either over the summer or during season or maybe both. You know, when Carter, one of your future teammates, Carter Booth, transferred from Minnesota, she said when she first entered her name within like three minutes, that's when like the start stuff started hitting the fan. Like all of a sudden she's getting messages and it was within minutes. Um, I'm assuming it was something similar. Can you talk about what that process was like when you finally, I don't know, hit the submit button or whatever that is like? And and what was that? What was that afterwards like? Yeah, so I entered, I think, on a Sunday. Um, so I entered on a Sunday and I was like, oh, it'll be fun. No one's going to be looking because I entered um, right after Thanksgiving weekend. Okay. Um, it was like right before the first week of the tournament. And then like 10 minutes later, I'm like, okay, I have three emails. That's kind of not what I was expecting. Like I was expecting everything to come in Monday. And then a couple hours later, I had like 30 emails. And then within like the next four days, I had like so many emails to just go through and like look through and um, figure out what I was interested in, kind of what I wanted. Um, and it actually came at a very stressful time during my quarter, because since we're on quarter systems at Northwestern, um, we were in reading week, so I had some final reports and final papers, and then a final presentation and a final the week after. And my birthday was in that week as well. So I was just getting blown up in my email and my text messages everything just because groups were te texting me my friends and family were texting me for my birthday um the coaches were texting me and i was just like i can't handle this right now <laughs> so then i um kind of slowed it down a little bit and then closer to like mid-december is when i really started getting into the recruiting process yeah that's that's amazing because you know I, I don't think we think about that i say we as in a, a fan or a member of the media or, or whatever like once those emails come in, that's you, right? I mean, you don't have mm -hmm. an assistant. You're, 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 it's just you and in classes and everything life. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, now you've got, you've got a, like a full time job just to decide where you want to go next, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. it's yeah. definitely like difficult and kind of awkward, you know, saying no um, to yeah. a school that wants you, that's interested in you. It's, um, it's always an awkward little situation to send them that email back or have that call with them and be like, actually, I feel like I'm going in a different direction. But I mean, coaches are always so awesome and they make you feel so accepted and like accept um, your decisions in the end, which I think is really awesome. I wonder how much um, your family played into this decision. And I know your parents attended what, like every match they could at Northwest. You're from the sh suburbs of Chicago, if I'm, if I'm correct here. So yeah. did the distance, mm -hmm from Madison to Chicago help in your decision? I think, so throughout the recruiting process, they were like, um, wherever you go, like we'll still come to your games and stuff um, and we'll be supportive of you. And they were trying to figure out like if I went to Florida or if I went to Pitt, like what they were going to do, if they were just gonna come up for like, a couple weeks at a time, if we had multiple home games in a row or something. Um, but in the end, I was just like, I feel like I really love Wisconsin. I love Wisconsin volleyball. And it would just make you guys coming to my game so much easier that like it just made sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you talk about goals for the season. Obviously you said some things you wanted to work on, serve, receive and blocking, but are there, I mean, how do you enter a season? I'm not, I'm not asking specifically for 2020, what are we, year are we in? 2023 goals. But um, when do you start thinking about that? Is that something you do? What is that? What is that process like? 
Um, I think every season I've been at Northwestern, like we've been thinking about season as soon as like season ends and we start our off season training. Um, our goal at Northwestern has always been to make the tournament. Um, and we didn't get that here. So, I mean, that's my goal for next season. It's always been my goal to do that and have a run at a national championship, have a run in the tournament, which is something that I didn't do at Northwestern, but something I wanted to do in my college career. So, like, I've been looking forward to next season, honestly, since I entered the portal. <laughs> yeah. I'm really excited to just be um, in a new environment with new teammates, new coaches, learning new things and getting better. Now, you started volleyball at age 10, is that correct? Yes. He's tried other sports too. So um, what was it about volleyball that grabbed your attention most? Um, I think it was the people, honestly. I think um, the people in volleyball were so different than the people in the other sports. Um, almost Most of my best friends, almost all of them, are people I've met through volleyball. Um, I think... Um, I love the sport, but the people is what made me stay in it. Interesting. When did you start knowing that uh, you could take volleyball to the to the college level? Um, I think when I was when I started getting recruited when I was um, in eighth grade, I was like, "Oh my gosh, colleges are <laughs> interested in me! That's so crazy!" And then like, I kept getting recruited by like um, schools like through my freshman year and my um, and my parents were like, okay, like, you could do this in college. Like, you just need to decide where you're going to go. Um, and obviously, like, I committed to Northwestern when I was 15. So my parents played a really big role in that decision just because, like, I didn't really know what I wanted. So they kind of helped um, helped me navigate. And then I was like, okay, Northwestern is literally the perfect school for me for, like, the next four years of my undergrad, which is awesome. Yeah. That's amazing because I think a lot of people listening, when they were in eighth grade, they probably were not thinking one bit about, I wonder where I'm going to spend college. They were probably just worried <laughs> about like, should I get do my homework today or something? <laughs> so what is that What is that like then to be an eighth grader and ninth grader and start to say, oh shoot, like, uh, uh, you know, in the next couple of years, uh, this is going to be a huge decision. This could change, this change my life. Mm -hmm. what, is that, what is that like? It was definitely, it was weird because, I mean, I was thinking about college and all of my other classmates, I mean, especially in eighth grade and as a freshman, no one's like thinking about college. Like they're like, okay, right. I need to get these grades to um, get accepted into certain college colleges, but I don't know where I'm going to apply. I don't know which colleges I'm visiting. Meanwhile, in ninth grade, I had visited, I think six or seven colleges. And I was just telling my friends, I was like, oh, like I'm visiting this college, like I'm up here this weekend for you um send me the notice blah, blah, blah. and they're like you're doing what and um yeah it was just a really weird experience because no one else was doing what I was doing and then vice versa when everyone was visiting colleges and like applying to all of the colleges they wanted to apply for I only had to apply to my one because I knew I was going two years before yeah you had that already figured out uh, well ahead of time yeah. yeah that's crazy that's crazy so um one thing I, I also read about you, your parents are both nurses, right? So, mm -hmm. so can you tell me what, what you want to do post-volleyball career um, and how they kind of inspired you to, to do what you, you want to do for the rest of your life? Yeah, um, it's definitely kind of changed a little bit from when I started as a freshman to where I am now. I think I want to work in healthcare equity. So um, 
making healthcare affordable and accessible to more people. Um, so that kind of started in my BME degree. So I'm biomedical engineering right now, and I had like more of a focus in prosthetics. Um, and when I was taking prosthetics classes, it was kind of like, like we can make these prosthetics, but a lot of people um, can't afford them because insurance doesn't cover it because it's not really seen as like a necessity. It's just kind of like something extra to help people, um, which I think is, I mean, I, it's a necessity, I think. Yeah. Um, I so most people can't afford them and the people that can have the money to. Um, and kind of similarly, my parents worked in the hospital and especially during COVID, um, they just had a couple or maybe more than a couple cases where people didn't come to the hospital because they were afraid of the hospital bills because they didn't have health care. And they were like, we'd rather kind of see if we can make it through without going to the hospital and getting all of the care and paying for all of these bills that we can't really afford right now, um, which in turn put them more at risk because they ended up having to go to the hospital because at that time COVID was so um, hard to get through and there wasn't much um, research and stuff on it. So it made them more sick than they would have been if they entered sooner, had they not been scared of the hospital bills. So that's kind of where my interest lies right now. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm not asking you for an answer because if we had an answer, we'd have this problem solved already. But like, what is that? How do we change that? How do we make that more affordable so you can afford a prosthetic? So you don't have to worry about, man, maybe I shouldn't go to the hospital. You know, how, how does that, how does yeah. that change? Does that take years? Does that, I mean, obviously it will take years, but like, yeah. what is the, what is the leading thought on how we actually change that? I think it's policy for sure, but I also think um, hospitals like fundraising money and like trying to make some type of way to have money maybe on the side for people that can't afford, that don't have health care and kind of investing in those families um, and maybe like advertising it or something like just making it known that, hey, like you don't have to be scared to come into the hospital, like we can help you in some way. We can offer this service to you to help you get the care that you need or help your family get the care you need without you having to worry too much about these bills. So what was it that got you into prosthetics right away before you kind of had that focus on, on affordable health care? What was it about prosthetics? Um, I just, growing up, I saw them a couple times. Like I would see like prosthetic legs or like um, prosthetic arms. And I always thought they were super like cool and interesting. Um, and I've always loved like building things and like um, just being in a shop and all of that and kind yeah. of circuits and stuff. Um, so I've always just had an interest in prosthetics and like building them and seeing how they help people kind of get about their daily lives like they did when they had their own limb. I think it's really cool and just really interesting and interesting and you can just help so many people with it. So let me ask you about your parents again, because your parents immigrated from Nigeria over a quarter of a century ago. So what was it like growing up in the uh, suburbs of Chicago with Nigerian born parents? Honestly, um, we talk about this all the time now, but the Nigerian community in Chicago is really big. Mm -hmm. um, and I also have some cousins that live there and we've just gotten a lot of family friends over the years that kind of have the same background, like. Nigerian parents that came from Nigeria, um, raised in the Chicago suburbs, and actually from the Saban tribe as my parents. 
so Yoruba. So um, they all kind of speak the same language, which I think is really cool. Um, but it's definitely been, I think, a different experience. Um, just like in our household, um, the foods that we eat, like I don't eat many American foods when I'm at home. But then when I'm at school, I eat more American foods and I get a little like homesick because I'm like, oh, I miss the Nigerian foods I eat at home. Or like um, holidays, like Thanksgiving, my parents obviously like didn't celebrate Thanksgiving when they were in Nigeria. Um, and they celebrate it now, I think, just because um, like they started to celebrate it because my brother and I were in school and like we got Thanksgiving off. But um, we don't really eat American food on Thanksgiving, which I think is also like super cool. But yeah. they've always tried to make sure like my brother and I knew our culture and like know where we're from, um, which I think um, I'm really happy that they did that because, I mean, it's such a big part of who I am today, like my Nigerian culture and Nigerian community I have. Um, yeah. I'm glad you mentioned the food because I, I wanted to ask you, what is your favorite Nigerian food dish? Mm -hmm. Okay, so my favorite is a goosey soup, which is like, it's kind of like spinach blended up um, with um, like red bell pepper in there. And then it's like a stew. And then you would dip it in like um, pounded yam or fufu. Some people know it as fufu. And it's kind of like a finger dish. It's kind of mashed potato-y texture. And you like okay. scoop the fufu with your hands and then you dip it in the goosey and then you eat it. And it's so good. Like, highly recommend that you try it. Okay, let me hear. Uh, let me pull this up. I'm not sure if you can see this on your screen right now. A goosey soup. Did I spell it correctly? Yes, that's exactly how to spell it. Yeah, which one? Like, all of them, right? Yeah, all of them are, like, pretty much the same. Oh, man. Okay. And then the white thing right there, like, in the that picture is fufu. Like, in the third. Yeah. Like, right here? Okay. Oh, whoops. Yeah. I'm doing it wrong. Right here. To the left. Oh, yeah. Right there. Yeah. yeah that's okay. in the middle. So if you're watching on Spotify or if you're watching on YouTube when this finally gets posted to YouTube, you can see what we're talking about. But, okay. Yeah. Is there, man, is there spots? Like, can you, I don't know. Are there, are there Nigerian food restaurants? Yeah, sure there, there are. are. There are a lot. Mm -hmm. okay. I'm not sure about Madison. There probably are in Madison, but there's definitely a lot in Chicago. Okay, so if there are any, if anyone knows of a Nigerian restaurant uh, in Madison, let us know, and then I can go over there and we can try some agusi soup. Um, all right, so are you ready for random question time, Temi Thomas? Yeah, I'm yes. ready. Okay. All right, here we go. Uh, favorite social media app? Oh, TikTok. TikTok. That's what a lot of people say. Mm -hmm. I'm not. I'm not into TikTok yet. I hope. I don't know. I'm not into not social yet. media. Yet. Well, oh, no, I mean, you should have been TikTok during COVID. TikTok was the thing during COVID. You should have been, if you were going to get in it, you would have gotten in it in 2020. <laughs> okay. So I, I, maybe, maybe I missed the window for that. What um, is it? Is it because of just that addictive nature of it's just, it won't stop showing you funny videos or videos that you think yeah. are awesome, right? Once it gets the algorithm right, you're locked in. Like it knows what you want and you just keep scrolling. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Um, do you watch TV? Um, I'll watch some Netflix shows. Um, right now I'm watching Ginny and Georgia. Um, and then I'm going to start watching the third season of You. Oh, of You? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. I've watched the first couple of seasons of You. So that, that, I don't know. I feel like, 
I feel like that series has to wrap up soon because eventually it's just going to get so out of control. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it just, it's already out of control. Like, oh my mm -hmm. gosh, like how much more can one person do or handle? You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm waiting for him to get caught still. I've been waiting since season one. Like, yeah, he's too I... smart. Joe is too smart. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, all right. So in volleyball, would you rather have, uh, and since you want to work on your blocking, a huge block or just a like maybe like uncontested, the other team's block screwed up and you're wide open for takeoff? A huge kill. Huge block. A monster block is so much more satisfying than a huge kill. Really? Why is that? Because it's like you stop the other team's offense before it could even get to your side of the net. Yeah. Like a wall. That's It's so much fun to get a good block. Um, will you pursue uh, volleyball after um, Wisconsin? And I'm not asking you to make a decision now. Obviously, you're mm -hmm. going to. Um, but do you feel like overseas is is where you want to go or with so many new volleyball leagues kind of popping up in the next few years? Uh, do you think post volleyball, college volleyball that you'd maybe want to try to keep it in the States? I think and it's, and I, by the way, and is this even something you want to pursue after college? Yeah, I do want to pursue professional volleyball after college. I think um, I would want to go overseas at least for my first year just because I think it would be fun to explore somewhere new um, and kind of just travel through when I have the chance and I'm like off from volleyball, just travel through wherever I'm at. Mm, okay. But I think that's pretty neat that, uh, I mean, there's gonna be a lot of competition with all these volleyball leagues, but even like, for example, yeah. the Pro Volleyball Federation, I've had the the uh, founders of that on, on this podcast and to have a starting salary right out of college, boom, right there to play volleyball for, you know, a few months. Like that just seems like such a unique opportunity that perhaps we can get that momentum where, where that pro volleyball is an option for, for fans, for yeah. college players. Would that be great? I think it's a really cool opportunity and I'm really excited that they're starting it because I mean, volleyball overseas is so big. Why can't it be this big in America with volleyball being one of the fastest women's growing women's sports in the U.S. Yeah. And and I, I under, totally understand what you say about going overseas because it is a unique opportunity for, you know, basketball players, volleyball players, for men's basketball players as well that, that don't make it to the, the States. Like, you get to do this really cool thing that not everybody has the opportunity to, to do, and that's just to live somewhere else, you know, get outside mm -hmm. of your comfort zone. So I can understand how that is to someone be able to be like, oh, for the next few years, you're telling me I can go live in Italy, you know, or I can, you know, right. I can go overseas and explore the world. Like, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. um, final random question. Tell me something you're passionate about outside of volleyball. I know we kind of touched on what you want to do post volleyball um, with trying to make uh, healthcare affordable. Is there anything else that you're passionate about? Um. I would say, like, I've been trying to pick up some new hobbies yeah. since I've stopped volleyball. Um, so I got into crocheting um, <laughs> over winter break. I've been trying to figure out how to do that. I've crocheted a couple things. And then I've also started reading again um, now that I have the time. And I literally forgot how much I enjoy reading. Um, and then my last, like, kind of thing, I love animals. So then um, last year... 
I got a cat who's literally sitting on my bed right now. Oh, can we see your cat on the, yeah. What's your cat's name? <laughs> her name is Nala. She's kind of mad right now because I just woke her up. But her name is Nala. Let me pick her up. Nala, is that from The Lion King? Uh-oh, she's moody. Oh, man. Yeah, from The Lion King. But there here she is. There she is. Hi, Nala. <laughs> Nice to meet she's you. Like she's a year and a half now. Um, yeah, uh, she's been awesome. She's just been good to have, like, to come back home to and like have something to take care of. And yeah, it's been fun having her around. And my roommate loves her too. My roommate was like, "I don't want a cat. Like, I don't like cats." And now she's obsessed with Nala because, I mean, who doesn't love a cute little cat? Oh, man, my daughter, <laughs> my daughter is going to love this part of the interview because she wants a cat so bad. Um, so everything you just said is she is going to, you know, be like, see, um, it's funny you said crocheting, by the way, because when I was asking that question, I was going to say, like, should I say like knitting? I'm like, no, she's not knitting. Um, <laughs> but basically, it's kind of the same, right? Mm -hmm. Really similar. Yeah. I got some knitting needles and I tried knitting and I was like, this is so hard. <laughs> So what are you going to make? What are you going to crochet? What's your goal to, to, to do something like, what do you want to crochet? I want to crochet a blanket really oh. bad, but I mean, that's going to take a really, really long time. So I think I'm going to just start maybe like over summer and see how far I get and then keep going as like, I get more time. Well, I always bring up this Kobe quote that's stuck with me. I, I brought it up with Connor Seijan on the men's basketball team. He talked about once I saw it when I was scrolling the algorithm on, on this was on Instagram. Um, uh, and he said something and it, it applies apparently to crocheting. Just stay with me here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he said, let me bring up the quote. I had it written down here. Um, it's basically about, um, here we go how kids expect like to make a quantum leap in their basketball game. And he says, that's not how it works. It's step-by-step step, one foot in front of the other day by day, get better every single day. And when you look back, you look down at the mountain, you just scaled, you know, it's, and the whole concept is a little bit at a time. And before, you know, you, you gain these skills, you get better and better and things don't happen in a week, but they happen in months and years. And so my point with this crocheting is, you know, five, 10 minutes a day, and by the end of the season, you've got a blanket and you can look back and say, mm -hmm. oh, it only took 10 minutes a day. Yeah, no, literally. So that's what I'm trying to, I'm trying to get my stitches right. Cause I told um, some of the team this, I was like, I tried crocheting and then like at the bottom, it was really, really bad. But then as I got further up, it looked really good. It looked <laughs> nice, but the bottom makes it uh, a little tough to look at. <laughs> I like it because the bottom's going to remind you of how far you've come, right? Like right. once the blanket's done, the blank, the top's going to be phenomenal, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, yeah, make sure you make that red and white, by the way, if you can. Uh, okay. Tammy, thanks so much for taking some time. I know volleyball fans are really pumped uh, in Madison to watch you on the court next season. And once again, just thank you so much for, for joining me today. Yeah, of course. This is fun. All right, cool. Thank you. That's Temi Thomas, Ilara, newest Wisconsin Badger. You'll see her on the court in 2023, along with transfer Carter Booth and all the regulars coming back. Excited for another fantastic season of Wisconsin Badger volleyball. Thanks to Ian's Pizza for sponsoring this podcast. Check them out. Three locations in Madison, three in Milwaukee. They're in Seattle. They're in Denver. Ian's Pizza. If you don't know, now you know. Also, 
Uh, JohnCast podcast, you can nominate this for the best of Madison. Only way we get nominated is if everybody takes 10 seconds a day to vote. And I've got all the details on how you do it step by step. It literally, once you do it the first time, first time might take like a minute. And then 10 seconds a day after that, all the steps on this podcast description in the episode description. I've got it on my Facebook page as well. You can go scroll and find that. Uh, really easy to do. Um, so thank you for listening to this episode of the John Cass Podcast. Thanks to Timmy Thomas, I, Lara, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Goodbye.